Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. In today's episode, I'll be speaking about the uh, juxtaposition of people trying to escape reality and other people forced to face reality. From drug addiction to gaming and then terminal cancer. I'll be sharing various stories that came up in my personal life the past few weeks. I am Mac. This is the Fishing for Men with Mac podcast. This podcast exists to encourage people of faith, wrestling with God and the reality of life. And it is about the pursuit of truth in identifying true worldview ideas. It is so good to have you listening. This is episode 56. I did not publish episodes the last two weeks because things have just been quite intense around here. Uh, this year has flown by like crazy. Let me see what the date is. Today is the 19th of June, Saturday. Uh, the other day it was January. Uh, let me tell you this. People are struggling out there. And yet at the same time, many people are looking for God. I want to share with you today some things that people around me are going through and then make some observations. I find it so interesting that in my life people arrive in groups grappling with the same thing. Like if somebody's struggling with depression, I'll find a group of five of them in one week making contact. Very interesting. Um, so as I tell you the stories today, you will understand what I mean. So I will be uh, talking about real people and their experiences today. Um, I won't mention their names. I'll give them new names. And maybe you can resonate with them, uh, which will make this podcast a blessing to you. I'll also tell you about some people going through a really hard time, and I want to ask you to pray for them. If you believe in God, I would like you to pray for them. It doesn't matter what your faith is. This podcast will point out the reality of life and show you why God is someone that uh, you shouldn't ignore. So I'll be talking about two groups of people, those who are trying to escape reality and those who are forced to face reality who cannot escape it. And so let's start with the first group, those trying to escape reality. Uh, you know, a, a few weeks ago, we uh, met this wonderful couple. Uh, I'm going to call them Jack and Jill. And right off from the start, we saw that they are quite strange. Um, they would not respond consistently over messages. Um, they wanted to study the Bible with us, but they were very socially distant. Um, and they, you could see they, you know, they've lost a lot of weight, uh, a lot of avoidance of interaction. Um, they, they avoided making eye contact. Um, now, this type of behavior is not normal. Okay, um, it, It's not normal for people generally to behave like that because we need people around us. From the very first time I met them, it felt strange. And so something was missing. And then we had a baptism and, and they, they offered that we could do it at their place. And so we arrived and started making pancakes and giving out hot chocolate. We just had a, you know, it's just a feast, you know, with a... The Bible tells us, Jesus tells us that when sinners repent, uh, the whole of heaven rejoices. And so for us, we try to make it a joyous, joyous occasion as well. And so they, they both kept appearing and disappearing. That's Jack and Jill now. And so I had a, I had a chat with Jack and, and he was jittery and very talkative. And usually he's quiet and drawn back. And, um, and I saw he was drinking some serious energy juice. And when I conversed with him, I realized that there's only one answer because his behavior doesn't make sense. He had to have taken some stimulant, uh, some form of drug or something. And so just after that, I had a chat with, with old Jill and, and her, her pupils were this, with the size of golf balls. I, I couldn't even see the color of her eyes. Um, I didn't see either of them eat at all. Um, 
And so it became quite evident, considering her pupils and his behavior, and I didn't go looking for this, but, you know, we were already wondering, why are they so different? Why are they so secluded? Why is it that they don't eat? Why have they lost so much weight? Why is it that this is, you know, they're so skinny? What, what is the story? And now, um, without looking for it, it sort of came to the fore that they probably were um they, they were using some some uh, drug that's what we assumed now right and um to be honest with you i didn't have the, the 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 courage just to go ask them you know um but they made it clear in our in our bible studies that they were going through a hard time and and during the bible study the next week they also said that they know that we know but they don't want to say uh, what it was that we did know but i think they came to realize that we uh, could recognize that they were using something. And so they came over for a braai uh, on Wednesday. It's now su- su- Saturday. And um, and we, uh, we also didn't have the courage to to ask them. But then uh, my brother in Christ, fellow disciple, he did actually ask them. And it turns out that they were, um, they are using a form of stimulant. Um, and it's just, here is a young couple in the prime of life busy being killed because anything that you use over and over again that's a stimulant will kill your life and this will take your life and this specific drug that they are using is something that will really you know use it for five years it's affecting your heart it will literally kill you um and here they are being robbed by the enemy and why why do people do this why do people go to a stimulant why do they go to a drug and one drug he told me this and i'm gonna i'll i'll I'm going to use the word once. Uh, no, well, let me let me use the more um, civilized word. But a druggie, a full-time um, professional druggie, told me once: "Poo stinks, but it is warm. Poo stinks, but it is warm." The reason why people take drugs is yes, it does stink. Yeah, it does mess with your life. It does cost you your life, but it keeps you warm because for those few hours, you're escaping reality. Now, that reality is that you might be escaping from depression. You might be escaping from a bad childhood. You might be escaping from thoughts that you don't want to have. Yeah, but but either way, you're escaping from something um, from something bad. And so that's why these people do that. And so in the same week that this sort of came out about Jack and Joel, there's another man that uh, came to me. Uh, I'm going to call him Rambo because I've known him for a while. And, and he's always been the strong guy. He's over 60 years old. And he came in that same week that we learned about Jack and Jill. And he came and sat in, in my presence. And he, he said he needs to apologize because he's been using a painkiller. Um, he's been abusing it and he's gotten addicted to it and he's been injecting himself with this painkiller. Um, in the past few weeks, he spent thousands and thousands and thousands of rands perching this. And this messed with his sleep patterns. He got it from a local doctor that just kept on giving it to him. And he, he couldn't, and then it came out that he couldn't cope with being alone. He couldn't cope with not having a stimulating job anymore. Uh, he couldn't cope with uh, not having the abilities you used to have to to pick up things, to work, um, t- and to have clear thinking and, and clear speech. And so he just got into this habit that when he takes this medication, he can go sleep and he escapes reality. That's in the same week, trying to escape reality. In the same week, I think that was the, w- the Wednesday. And, and then the Thursday, uh, 
we went to go visit some very close people to us, uh, people that we, we find to be mentors for us, elderly people in their 60s. And I'm going to call uh, the lady Poppy. Um, we, so we go, we haven't seen them for a while. They're down the coast on holiday. And um, we were only there for a few minutes. And we noticed that old Poppy was as drunk as a sailor. And I've never dr seen her drunk. And she's about 59 years old. And randomly, she's just drunk out of her mind. And so we slept over that night, that one night. And, and the whole time, she was basically permanently drunk. Even 9 a.m. the next morning, she's drunk. And at one point, we had a chat with her sitting, uh, looking at the sea. And the tears were just falling from her, her eyes. And, 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 you know, she could, you could see in her that there's this pain. And we couldn't pinpoint where the pain came from. But she was definitely trying to escape a sane mind. Now, these are three different situations all in one week. Or in a space of one week and they all have basically the same thing in common pain discomfort depression because of unresolved issues in the heart people are hurting they have things in their hearts and minds that they don't know how to deal with and so they turn to a substance that helps them numb the pain or they forget about it but what is the problem with this ladies and gentlemen well there are loads of problems with this the substance is a temporary plaster. It's not a permanent solution. T tomorrow morning, the pain is still there. Another problem is that the substance is a killer. Substance abuse only takes you one place. It takes you to the grave. Now, how does the atheist make sense of this? The Christian worldview has an answer. We live in a sinful world. We're surrounded by sinful people. We are sinful people. Sin causes pain and suffering and depression. We hurt because of sin. Not always our own sin, but the sin sometimes of other people. The root cause of all suffering is sin. The Christian worldview can explain that. So if you want to heal, you will have to go to the root cause. And if you go talk to Rambo, you will see that one of the root causes for his suffering is neglect and rejection by parents when he was a kid. When you go to Poppy and you ask her and you go dig, what is the root problem? She'll say poverty and racism when I was a young kid. And you've got to go deal with God there. You've got to hear God and see how God sees your situation. And so this really struck me. Rambo told me that he understands God made him the way that he is. And so here's this man sitting in his, in his pain and his... <clears throat> with his mentality and his depression and he says well i am the way because that i am because god made me this this way that is not true god didn't give you your thoughts i mean you might be listening to this and you think well you trust your thoughts because god gave you your thoughts no he didn't give you your thoughts you are a product of all your experiences of all you've heard and of everything that you've seen and of everything that you've read and if those experiences contain sin or the consequences of sin, it will have an adverse effect on you. It is for this reason that we need to calibrate our thinking with what God says. You don't think right until you think the way that God does. I'm going to repeat that. You don't think right until you think the way that God does. And you won't think the way that God does when you actually go listen to Him. And this is the key, the key thing I can take out of all of this. The reason why all these people are suffering and turning to uh, trying to create a different fake reality is because they are not listening to what God says. None of them are spending time in God's word. And none of them are obeying God's word. 
clear as daylight. So you don't think right until you think the way God does. Why? Well, because He made you. Our thinking patterns have been corrupted by this virus in the world called sin. We don't think correctly. Therefore, we become depressed. Therefore, we become hopeless. Therefore, we turn to substance abuse. That is why people say, you know, you often hear people say, God is the answer. And God is the answer. Because when you listen to God, you do what He says, your mind gets transformed. Right? There's a reset taking place in your mind. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so there's this pattern in the world that influences the way that we think. And if you spend enough time in the world, spend enough time with worldly people, and you don't spend time with God, God's thoughts, you're going to adapt the pattern of the world. And Paul says, no, be transformed. Okay, you've got to change your thinking. You see, God gives you courage. God gives you hope for the future. God will never lead you to depression, suffering, or inner um, turmoil. That is where delinquent thoughts take you. Delinquent, satanic, demonic thoughts take you to depression, to suffering, to inner turmoil. And so if you want to kill yourself and you want to escape reality, it just means one thing. You are far away from God. And so in all three of these cases I've mentioned, they have not really given God a chance to teach them. Many people walk around trusting their own thoughts. They think they think right. And they don't even realize it. Even if their thoughts take them to suicide or depression or drug abuse, they still think their thoughts are right. And that blows my mind. I sit with the person who wants to take his own life. And, he, and I ask him, so do you trust your thoughts? He says, yes. And then I said to him, but your thoughts are taking you to the grave. Do you really think your thoughts are correct? I ask a guy, you know, have you, do, you, do you trust your thoughts the way you think? And they say, yes, we do. He says, yes, he does. I said, well, look at your life. It's, it's gone pear-shaped. You haven't been able to keep a job. You don't know how to deal with reality. Your relationships are falling apart. You are morally corrupt. And you think that your thoughts are correct? I mean, look at the evidence of your life. So if, you, if you're listening to this and you want to know if your thoughts are correct, just go look at your life. Look how you've been living your life. Now, the best way to deal with life is to face the reality with God. There is no other way. There is no other way. But drug use isn't the only form of escapism, you know. People have different ways of trying to escape reality. And in that same week, remember I'm talking about that same week. I met another guy by the name of Bill. Now, Bill doesn't do drugs. And for some time, I avoided him because he was, he was a strange fellow. You know, he'd walk past you, not greet you. And I didn't want to make him, you know, feel uncomfortable. But you could see he doesn't like me and didn't really want to talk to me. And so so we had an opportunity. We were at a social event. And I, I thought, you know, let me go talk to him. I felt bad, you know, from my side, you know, try to avoid him. Let me rather try and engage him at, at his level. And then he started, yeah, and he was just blown away about the conversation we had because he, he started telling me about these games that he plays. Okay, they, you know, he plays a game called Warhammer. Never heard of this in my life. Warhammer. It's like a game that you play with figurines and a game board and, and, and you know, it, it's, I go check it out. And, and, he, and he also plays another game called Dungeons and Dragons. This is this huge imaginary game. Um, 
Now, I know this gentleman is not doing too well. The one night we heard him screaming like crazy and, you know, I don't know if he's struggling with depression or whatever. But clearly we know that he's not been too well mentally and emotionally. But when I showed interest in this hobby of his, he couldn't stop talking about it. That's his whole world. And so I asked him why he plays these games. Because for me, it's uh, I my, my makeup is different. I would struggle to play a game like that because it's just not real. It's too imaginative. I, I, even watching things on, on TV, I prefer reality shows like, like um, real events, movies based on real events. That's for me very interesting. I don't uh, personally like fiction. And, and he said to me, so I asked him why he plays these games. And he said to me two interesting things. He said, number one, it's a way to use up time. It's a way to let time pass by. And that struck me. I'm fighting for time to go by slowly. He's fighting for time to go by quickly. And he said, you know, you, you, I only want time to pass by. And the only reason why you want time to pass by is if you don't like what is happening in time. I don't believe that we need to view time as something that should be used up because time is so valuable. We should do the most valuable things with our time because it is limited. And so that was a shock to me. And then the second thing he said to me, he said, it is an escape from normal life. And there you have it. He said that when he plays the game, he can control what happens. In real life, he can't. And so he prefers the game. His real life is a mess. And he can escape the mess by going into the game world. The world where he has got control. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Most often people who game do so because it is a form of escape from the real world. There's another young man that I know that uh, I'll call him Goliath. Uh, very um, interesting fellow as well. He works, sleeps and he games. And that's the games. That's where most of his time and money goes. It's all he can talk about. He really battles to have normal, rational relationships with people because he's living in this imaginary world. And so he avoids real life by focusing on the virtual world where he can create his his own reality but the more he plays the more he moves around in this virtual world the more he becomes detached from reality and the more socially awkward he becomes and that's a problem so what am i saying about this when people cannot deal with the reality of life they look for something that helps them escape some turn to drugs others to things like gaming i think gaming will be a huge problem in the future of the world once again escaping reality doesn't solve the issue you have to face reality if you want to live. The reality is that we have one life to live. We have been made in the image of God. We've been given limited time to live. We will face the creator of the universe at the end of it all. What matters most in life is our souls and the family members we have around us. When we, we refuse to face reality, we lose ourselves in a drug-infested or virtual reality that is fake. And this is something that we need to be very careful of. One morning we will wake up with life behind us time lost with loved ones and a God ignored by us staring us in the face when we will have to give an account of our lives. So here's some examples just in this short space of time of people who try to escape reality and also in this same time frame some very loving people of ours showed us just again that not everybody can escape reality they're forced to embrace reality. Life doesn't permit them to escape reality. Very lovely couple sent me a message. 
Yeah, you know, I don't really roll around at night, but last week Monday I did, couldn't sleep. It's a very special family. They've got a huge challenge ahead of them. The dad had grown a growth on his back a few times. Every time the tests came back, when they uh, took it out, they cut it out, that it was malignant, but it kept coming back. And then in February of this year, it had grown huge and he had to be removed again. But this time the news came back that it was a very rare form of cancer. Pleomorphic leiomyosarcoma. Now that don't ask me about the technicalities, but it is a super cancer. It's a mutant cancer, and so they cut it out. Everything was good. No cancer had spread. But then on Monday I received the news that the cancer had spread to his lungs. The doctors told him that he has zero to nine months to live. Chemo and radiation cannot fix this, cannot change this. They can't cut it out. He's got a beautiful wife that loves him dearly. And they have two beautiful daughters, 12 and 8 years old. And they sent a message asking, how do we tell our kids their daddy will die? Can you imagine what they are going through? This is a reality that you can't escape. God can do anything, but in the medical world, this lovely man has a few months left to live. I had a conversation with him yesterday. And he said to me he just wants to make it to his daughter's birthday in August. But the way that he felt last week, he, he thought it's deteriorating too quickly. He might not even make it to July. I want to ask you to pray for them. He has a family desperately asking for time to stand still. And then there are other people on the face of the planet desperately trying to get rid of time. Wanting time to go by as quickly as possible. Finding anything to make time go by. It's an interesting world, world that we live in. And then a very special friend of mine I saw on Facebook. She posted a quote which was very interesting and about what a, what a girl said. And there's this picture of uh, America's Got Talent. And I want to challenge you to go read this girl's website. She's called Nightbird. In the same week, I, uh, that, that night that I couldn't uh, sleep because of what's happening to this family, I decided to go listen to this audition of this girl on Night Birdie. Oh, on America's Got Talent. And she became an overnight sensation on YouTube. And when I listened to that, I realized why everybody was making such a big boo about her. Let me play you the clip. Here it is. Hello. Hi. How Hi. are you? I'm awesome. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we're happy you are. What's your name? My name's Jane. When I sing, I go by Nightbird. Oh, that's nice. Nightbird? That's right. Uh, did you sing? Do you sing for a living? Um, not not recently. Where are you from? I'm from Zanesville, Ohio. Okay. How old are you? I'm 30. 30 years old. And the dream is to be a singer. What are you going to be singing for us tonight? I'm singing an original song called It's Okay. It's okay. Yeah. It is. It's okay. okay. It's okay. What is It's Okay about? Uh, it's Okay is the story of the last year of my life. All right. And who are you here with? I'm here by myself. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do for a living? Um, I have not been working for quite a few years. I've been dealing with cancer. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. All right. Can I, can I ask you a question? How are you now? 
Uh, last time I checked, I had some cancer in my lungs, my spine, and my liver. Wow. So you're not okay? Uh, well, not in every way, no. You got a beautiful smile and a beautiful glow, mm -hmm. and nobody would know. Thank you. It's important that uh, everyone knows I'm so much more than the bad things that yes. happen to me. Yes. All right. Sing for us. Good luck. Nightbird. It's funny because singers come on and, and, I, and I think about authenticity. You know, when you feel it, when it moves you, that felt like the most authentic thing I have heard this season. That was surprising to you. It was powerful, it was heartfelt, and I think you're amazing. You gave me chills. I mean, your voice is so beautiful to listen to. It was beautiful all the way around. Your voice is stunning. Mm -hmm. It is. Absolutely stunning. And I, I totally agree with what Howie said, you know, about authenticity. 
there was something about that song after the way you just almost casually told us what you're going through and oh you know you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy Um, there are, however, there have been some great singers this year. Um, and I'm not going to give you a yes. I'm going to give you something else. is not zero percent. Two percent is something. And I wish people knew how amazing it is. You blew us all away. You are the voice we all need to hear this year. That was way more than okay. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. God, that really got to me. It pushes all the heartstring oh. buttons, right? And yet she's still so strong. Here is another person also being alive, but soon probably going to die. And so, just in my last two weeks, emotions have been high. Questions on life have been mauling over in my head, and what do I learn? So, a few thoughts for you. Firstly, we are all dying, but do so in style. My wife reminded me yesterday, from the moment that you are born, you start dying. You only have a certain amount of heartbeats. You only have a certain amount of breaths that you can take. As you sit and listening to this, you are busy dying. And I suggest that you do it in style. Very special lady close to us, a disciple of Jesus, went. She took a child away. She's, uh, she's, she's had to separate her, her and her, her daughter from the dad because he's uh, just, just bad news. And, and so she, she went away to the beach. And there was this family next to her, in the flat next to her, that... That, that had a daughter, uh, probably a middle-aged woman, um, and her, she had lost her hair, and, and she obviously looked like a cancer patient. And she, so this, this lady, this friend of ours, saw her, and then on one occasion, this cancer lady walked up to our friend and just said to her, you know, don't waste your time on nonsense. Don't waste your time on nonsense. And obviously this, this girl is probably also going to die. She's got in the news. She's got a few months to live. She walks up to this girl that we know and she says, you know what? Don't waste your time on things that are insignificant. Get your act together. You know, you need to forgive. You've got to do that. You've got to let go of bitterness. You've got to do that. All the negative things in your life, 
take, it's taking you sooner to your grave. Let go of it. Live life in style. All of us are dying. You've got to make the most of this life. Don't try to make time pass by. No, use that time powerfully. So that's the first thing. Second thing, value life. We think we have got control. Do we really? I've seen healthy people get sick and die. And I've seen sick people live long. Some people are die hard. One of the things that, we, that I spoke to, this, this family, the, the gentleman who is, who's got the cancer, he's, his wife says, no, you must eat healthy because then you can live longer. Like have veggies and all that stuff. And he just says, no, I'm going to eat chocolate the whole time. I'm going to enjoy everything that I can because life is so short for me. I mean, what would you do? What if you eat vegetables, all the, all the stuff that you don't like, and then you die in two months' time and anyways? I mean, if God is going to heal you, chocolate won't stop him, right? A year ago, he, he never thought his life would be cut short. Some of us listening might be gone next year. I might be gone next year. In 2020, we lost a few young people unexpectedly. Young, early 20s, early 30s. You never know. You've got to value life. Thirdly, we can avoid reality temporarily, but not eternally. We can avoid reality temporarily, but not eternally. You can take the drug today. You can finish the bottle today. But tomorrow morning, you wake up with the same problems. You can avoid reality for a time. You can immerse yourself in a, a world that is not real to escape reality. But at some point or another, you have to come back to reality. Now, there's a greater reality that many tend to avoid, and that is the reality that there is a God who started it all and will end it all. This lady whose husband has got this cancer went and had a conversation with her atheist friend. And the atheist friend said, how can I help you, my dear friend? What can I do for you and your husband in this time? And she said, she answered her friend and she said, you know what? You can't really help me because you don't believe in God. Because if you did believe in God, I'd ask you to just pray, pray for him. And the lady answered, but this situation is exactly why I don't believe in God. And so the atheist is responding and saying, it's because innocent people are getting cancer. Who's innocent on this planet? Well, if, if there is no God, how then do you make sense of this, this, this horrible disease, cancer? If God doesn't exist, then why does evil and suffering exist? Do we just live in a place with torturing questions and zero answers? If we evolved from animals, we would just be animals. And we wouldn't even care if the animal next to us was going to die. The fact that we love proves that God exists. And what this lady is really saying is that she is actually angry with God. She doesn't like God because she thinks cancer is caused by God. But little does she know that cancer is caused by people like her. People who are godless. Who live to enrich themselves at the expense of others. The cause of pain and suffering in, in our world. The cause of death is not God. It's Godlessness. Because Godless people. They are the ones that want huge crops of tomatoes and, and fruits. Who wants huge uh, profit, profits from uh, their, their cattle family, farming, that, uh, farming. That they inject cattle with hormones that causes cancer. The stuff that we innocently eat. The pesticides that they spray on their plants. So they can make a huge profit off the vegetables. And we eat that innocently. That is the cause of cancer. Sin is the cause 
of cancer. Godlessness is the cause of cancer. We can live our whole lives and create our own reality about God. We can try to escape from the fact that God exists, but we will all die. And then we will face the Creator. So rather face Him now. The last point I'd like to say is this. Fight to live. Today I've spoken about two groups, essentially. Those who want their lives to end. They want time to pass by quickly. They hate living. And those who want their lives to lengthen. They want time to go by slowly. They love living. Now which of these are you doing as you're listening to this? Which way are you living? Are you living to die? Or dying to live? I want to ask you to fight for life. You have been placed on the planet for a purpose. If God keeps your heart beating, He has a plan with you. So please stay.